All right, all right. Feeney Talks with Friends. My name is Eric Feeney, the founder and president of Friends of Feeney. Our mission is to help children and families that have heartbreak or tragedy. I use this avenue, Feeney Talks with Friends, and I talk to wonderful people that are doing great things in the community. And today, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Mashaud. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Thanks he, for having me. He does wonderful things in the West Hartford community with the Miracle League. We'll get into this. This is episode 47. And 47, it couldn't be possible without Owen from Direct Line Media, Cody from Weehaw Brewing and Roasting, and we have some sponsors. Thank you for sponsoring West Hartford Lock, Gastro Park, Fix IV, Donut Crazy, and our newest one, Keating Agency, doing our insurance. They do the insurance for multiple places. They do our directors and officers insurance. They're great people. They're on Arapahoe Road in West Hartford. So thank you so much. And uh, last episode, 46, Scott Miller. Do you know the Doro? Do you like Zahara, Trevor, yeah. Avere? Yeah. What's your favorite? Um, Trevor, probably. What do you like there? It's been a while, to be honest. I, I, as you can tell, I, almost anything, probably. <laughs> Very nice. Good answer. Good answer. Mike Mashaud, Miracle League. Mike, it's so great to have you here. And like I said, you do wonderful things for the community and just the Miracle League. And, you know, we're celebrating something very special coming up. Yes, you want to get are. into that? Yeah, this is the 10th year anniversary of the construction of the Miracle League field. We had our first game on the field on June 12th, 2012. So uh, it's a big accomplishment and a big milestone for us. Um, we put a lot of hard work and lot of money into the project so it's nice to know that it's lasted this long and has a, a long bright future I think. Yeah it's a beautiful place if you haven't seen it. It says the address is 1700 Asylum right. Avenue. Yeah um, that's the GPS address 1700 Asylum. It's at the corner of Asylum and Troutbrook. Yeah. And we're part of the Little League complex that's there. You most likely access it from Troutbrook. The Troutbrook uh, Park for driving. Yeah. Drive for parking. And they do have an accessible field. Yeah, it's a fully accessible field. It's all, it's almost like a track surface that you would see at a high school. It's rubberized. Um, the bases are painted on, so there's no raised obstacles. It's 100% wheelchair accessible. The dugouts are even designed a little bigger for, for wheelchairs. Um, but it's attracted kids with any kind of disability over the years. No, it's a wonderful, wonderful place. Uh, what was the inspiration behind the Miracle, Field, Miracle League? Um, to be honest, uh, Brian Gumble HBO Sports Show. Um, I was president of the Little League at the time that we started. It was probably 2007 to 2009 when I was president. And I was on the committee to design that whole complex. Um, it was something that the state took over, uh, the town took over from the state, and we got a grant to build the Little League fields. And we had space left over that wasn't big enough for another Little League field, a, a regulation field. And probably uh, six months before we got into that, I had seen this, the piece on HBO Sports that Frank DeFord did mm -hmm. on the very first Miracle League field that was built in Conyers, Georgia. And I'm one of those guys who cries at commercials. So it just, it had always stuck with me. And we had just actually started Challenger Baseball, which is a division of Little League which is wonderful, it's the same concept, except it's played on a regular baseball field. So kids with, mo with mobility challenges were still kind of being left out or it was very difficult for them. 
So at the time, um, Scott uh, Franklin, Ronit Shoham, and I were all very, very involved with Little League at the time, and we pledged that you know, um, you know someday we were going to start raising money to build a, a Miracle League field there. So in about 2010, we started uh, the project to raise the funds. Um, it took a few years because uh, the field alone was $350,000. The adjacent playground was $250,000. Um, the restroom concession facility was another two ten, so uh, we're like eight hundred thousand dollars into that uh, that venue. But it took a while, and you know, in a community like West Hartford, it's great. It's it's an affluent community, and lots of people like to give. Um, so we did well to get it done in two years. You know, it's beautiful, and it serves. Um, it's really cool. You have American League and National League. Yeah, we started that a couple of years ago. Um, tip, uh, Miracle League is really designed as completely non-competitive. Um, by uh, lack of a better term, a mir by some miracle, every game in 10 years has ended in a tie. <laughs> um, nobody seems to mind, especially the kids. Uh, we've never had complaints about it. So, But we recognize that there are some kids who are a little more advanced and some kids who are really just there for socialization and get to be a part of a team. So we started a second division a couple of years ago where the National League, they play on Saturdays now. And they actually, we have high school teams that come in and they do drills with them for about an hour and then they play a game. Nice. Our American League, which is on Sundays, that's our, our bigger league, it's just the game. So you come in, everybody gets to hit every, each inning, uh, everybody runs the bases and uh, it's, it's a little less intense. Gotcha. And you're looking for volunteers, right? They can always email you at info at miracleleague.com. Actually, a better email address is just direct to us at miracleleaguect at comcast.net. Um, info at is, we'll get it to eventually if I remember to check that email. But the Miracle League is a little more direct. Um, yeah, volunteers are the, the backbone of everything we do. Up until three years ago, four years ago now, or close to five. Um, we were a completely volunteer organization. Um, so I was the executive director and president of the board, but I was also working a full-time job. And it just got to be too big, too big and too much um, to expect anybody to do it well. So uh, about four years ago, they hired me as the executive director, but everything else is a volunteer basis. Very and nice. it's an important part of our program. Um, that's where sort of the inclusion comes in. Um, we're assimilating kids who are typically developing along with our kids who have uh, intellectual or cognitive challenges or physical challenges. And it's just getting them to be together without, well, while keeping it safe. You know, we had considered at one point to make it a truly inclusive baseball program where they were uh, playing side by side. But safety, you can't tell a 12-year-old kid who's typically developing, don't hit the ball hard. Hmm. Um, so for safety's sake, um, we recognize that we had to keep it the way we had, but we include the people who, who want to be uh, included uh, through volunteer opportunities. <clears throat> yeah, we see the University of Hartford baseball team. Yeah, they're, they're big our uh, big uh, fall league sponsor or fall league buddies. Um, during the spring, they're a little too busy playing their schedule. But in the fall, they're out almost every week. The kids get a big kick out of that. <clears throat> no, it's great. Your trick-or-treat events are always a huge hit. That is our most popular event every year. Uh, we did that from the very first year in 2012. 
where we create an accessible neighborhood on the Miracle League field. So um, people like yourself, friends of Feeney, civic groups, um, sometimes it's just families. Um, it can be any uh, businesses come out and they set up tables and tents on the field. And it creates just that accessible trick-or-treating opportunity for a lot of kids. When you think about it, you know, you go trick-or-treating in your neighborhood and there's stairs and there's um, all kinds of things that um, just prevent kids from doing it. So this is during the day. It's taking away any of the nighttime stuff. We keep it light, not too spooky. Yep. And we get about 350 kids who come through every year. No, it's a huge hit. Um, the, the booths are great. You guys give them bags. Yeah. Uh, just the costumes are great. I, again, University of Hartford guys, they're always yeah, dressed up. they have they, a they, there. <laughs> we are very excited. Friends of Feeney's very excited to have the photo booth opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, it was at Miracle Field. We passed out books. And right. Last year, the rain, yeah. we moved it to indoor Sedgwick Middle School. Yeah, we're lucky enough to have the cooperation of the town <clears> to <throat> help to facilitate that. So we can go indoors if necessary. It just, you lose a little bit of the atmosphere, I think, though. And part of the idea is to get folks to understand what the Miracle League is about in the Miracle League field, so. No, oh, it's a beautiful place. And I, I want to play one day. I, I haven't volunteered, so I owe you a volunteer mm, day. You are welcome anytime. No, it looks fun, and like the kids are always having fun. Um, and what's your connection? I just saw you recently at the Johnny's Jog. What's your connection with Johnny's yeah, Jog? Yeah, we've been very fortunate to have been one of the beneficiaries of Johnny's Jog since our beginning. Um, Johnny was one of the kids we actually had in mind when we were design, uh, designing the Miracle League field. Um, for those who don't know him personally or didn't know him, you know, he was in a, a, a wheelchair or some type of a mobility device at all times. So those were the kind of kids who couldn't play on a typical field. And that's what makes the Miracle League so special. It brings, really, there's nobody who can't play. No, I love your slogan, too. Your motto and slogan. Yeah. Every child deserves a chance to play. Every child deserves a chance to play. I love it. <clears throat> yeah. So that is so true, and I can't, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that, and I stand by that. Everyone deserves a chance to play. Everyone deserves a chance to learn. Everyone, is, you know, deserves a chance to be included. Right, absolutely. And, you know, for a lot of the families, you know, when you have a child who's, you know, deeply impacted by their disability or their challenge, um, they probably never imagined that their kid's going to be on a team someday or they're going to get to say, I'm going to Jimmy's baseball game. That's um, probably something that wasn't in their even thought process. So we're so happy that we give that opportunity. And it, it affects the kids, but it affects the entire family. Yeah, no, it's great. To, you know, to feel a part of something, you're, you're, you're on the club, you're on the team, you're yeah. in a group. Jersey day, though, when we pass out the jerseys, that's the biggest day of the year, every year, for the kids. Oh, I'm... nice. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, so episode 42, Feeney Talks with Friends. You got the shout out. I forgot what I minute. Heard. I was like minute <laughs> something, 40 or 50. Yeah. All right, speaking of our sponsors, West Hartford Lock, three keys that make you a great executive director for Miracle League. What are three wow. keys? Um, number one, it's a passion for me. Um, this is kind of my baby. I'm you know, one of the founders, and um, I'm just so appreciative of the fact that I get to do this at the end of my working days. I'm, I'm not a young man, as you might be able to tell. I, I turned 61 in January, so... 
Um, the end is in sight. I've got a few years left in me, but to be able to do something that you care about so much uh, makes all the difference in the world. Um, I think focus, um, when we went through a strategic planning process years ago, the one thing that stuck with me most of all is pick your lane and stay in it. Be the best in your lane. Don't try to be everything to everybody. Um, you know, our, our focus is recreational activities. Um, advocacy is an important thing, but there are lots of other groups out there that do it and probably do it better than we could. Um, there's all kinds of different aspects in the disability community that um, there's so many things that are needed, but we, we focus, laser focus, on <coughs> recreation. We've been approached to do a lot of other things in the past that we've just said, you know, no, this is our lane, and we want to be the best in our lane. Um, third key, support from everybody else around me. Um, you know, while I'm the only paid employee, you know, we have a board of directors of 11 or 12 people who are all fully dedicated and are there when we need them. Certainly our volunteers, um, I would say that's the three keys, just have a good rapport with the, the, the people you work with and hopefully they appreciate <coughs> you as much as you appreciate them. Great, support, community, uh, focus. focus. Stay in your lane, I like that yeah. one. Three keys, all right, Mike. All right, so you mentioned Scott Franklin and Ronit. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, our model, be a good friend. Pick up the trash, hold the door, give a compliment, be charitable. What makes Ronit, we'll start with Ronit, what makes Ronit a good friend? <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> those in West Hartford, if you don't know Ronit, you really don't live in West Hartford. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ronit has her hands in uh, so many different organizations throughout town. Um, she's one of those people who's just dedicated to helping others. Um, and she's always been there for anything we need. Um, her and Scott sort of lead up the uh, National League program on Saturdays. So they focus on that for the most part now. But, um, you know, she's just one of those people who doesn't stop. She, she's like a bulldog with a bone. If she has a vision, <laughs> it's going to happen. We got to get her on the podcast. Yeah. Ronit, well, you, you, could, you could have her representing one of many organizations. Right. <laughs> She's going to have to buy 10 hats here in front of her to switch <laughs> off. All right. And Yet. Scott is not all that different. Scott is um, also um, very involved and in very community-minded. He was president of the soccer league. He uh, founded the Little League in town. I won't get into the whole history of the two leagues in town, but Scott was the founder of Little League. Um, he's the, uh, he led the biking group in town. He's now just announced that... He and his wife are uh, leading up a whole new farmer's, farmer's market program. Oh, nice. That's going to start in June. So he's another one of those people who just, you know, gets whatever he wants to be involved in, he dives in the deep end, and that's kind of like me. I won't get just tangentially involved in something. If I'm getting involved, I'm jumping in. 110%. And he's sort of like that. No, it's great to meet Scott. I met him for the first time at Johnny Jog. And he is actually our legal counsel, too. Oh, nice. It's nice to have somebody do free legal work <laughs> for you over the years. <laughs> That's always helpful. Well, great people, Scott and Ronit. Thank you for being good friends. Yes. Yeah, you the best friends. You mentioned biking thing, the I Can Bike program. Yep. That's one of the programs that has become an <laughs> offshoot. Uh, when we started baseball, really our only intention was to have a nice little league for 
20 or 30 kids on Sunday afternoons. Uh, as we got to meet our families, they were just so appreciative of having the opportunities. And they started saying, wait, do you ever think about doing this or doing that? So a lot of our programs that have come up over the years have been at the suggestion of parents. But the I Can Bike program um, was started, I believe, by the Kiwanis in town. They brought it into town first. It's a national organization through I Can Shine that we host and we pay to bring them in and their equipment in each summer. Um, and it's a, a mind-blowing program that teaches kids with disabilities ages eight and up. And I say kids, uh, we even do adults, and we've done a few in the past, um, how to independently ride a regular two-wheel bike in one week's time. Wow. Um, kids who have never had their fanny on a bike seat on Monday are riding on their own by Friday, riding their own bikes on Friday. That's amazing. It's a mind-blowing program. What's the trick? The trick is their um, training bikes. Um, it's a patented and highly secretive thing. It's called the roller system. The developer of it, um, I forget his last name, but it's Richard. Um, he's now in his 80s and is still, he hand builds every one of these roller systems that goes, there's 13 trucks that go out throughout the country every year. Um, they take the back wheel off of a regular bike and replace it with what's called a roller system. The very first roller is very flat, like a rolling pin you'd see in your kitchen. Um, so the kids, that's on the back side of the bike, the kids are just learning to pedal and to steer, developing a little bit of core strength. And they're gonna say, maybe on the end of day one or the beginning of day two, Eric, go get a drink with your buddies. And while he's going to get a drink, they're swapping out the roller for one that is just slightly more tapered. Hmm. You're getting back on the same bike, you don't know any difference. To the eye, you really wouldn't notice it unless you're really looking for it. So they do this six times over the first few days, and the kids are just gradually developing the balance. And usually by Wednesday and Thursday, they're transitioning over to one of the regular training bikes, which is a typical two-wheel bike, but it has a handle off the back so that the volunteers can easily oh, yeah. you know, grab and tip and tap, as they call it, as the riders are going. And then when they're ready, they progress to their family bike, as we call it. That's the bike they bring with them at the beginning of the week, and that's the bike they're going to ride afterwards. Um, they transition to that and move outside. The whole first few days are indoors at the Connor Gym, and then we move outdoors into the parking lot, and they're riding a two-wheel bike. It's that's so cool. I love the progression. The progression. Yeah, it's one of those things, and it, we say it about all of our programming. You hear about it, and it sounds so cool, like you just said, and it sounds it's heartwarming. You might get a little chill. You don't get it until you see it. Yeah. Um, same for our baseball games, or uh, especially I can bike. If you go there on a Thursday and you see these kids getting on their own bikes for the first time, I still cry every year, and we've been doing it for eight years, I think. No, that's an amazing thing. That's just, yeah, you... milestones. Yeah. Riding and for bike volunteers, it's, a, it's a, probably the best volunteer opportunity you'll ever have. Um, you got to be fit. you got to be able to run alongside the bike. Um, you're walking for the most part the first few days, but once the kids start transitioning over to regular bikes, you got to keep up with them. But you get to be by their side when they take their first ride on their own, and you're the first one to see it. It's, it's really cool. Is there a date for the ICANN ride? It's July 25th through the 29th. We, we traditionally do the final full week of July every year. Okay. At Conard. At Conard. It's a Monday through Friday program. 
There are five sessions throughout the day, beginning at 8.30 in the morning, five 75-minute sessions. So a rider signs up for session one, they come at 8.30, Monday through Friday. Same thing for the volunteers. Volunteers can stay for one, two. We have some volunteers who volunteer full days with us. And we provide lunch for them and get a cool shirt at the end. Okay, I'm all about the tease. <laughs> Very cool. Now, you have a couple other things. Um, the Sensory Spring Fling. Yep, that's at the coming Bushnell up this Park. Saturday. This is the first time we're doing that event. This was one of those things I had a parent email me and say, you know, my child would really, or it's actually, a, she's a guardian for this person, but would like to um, be able to ride the carousel at Bushnell Park, but it's just too loud. If you've ever been there, but any carousel, it's yeah. one of the hallmarks of it. Um, so um, she contacted Bushnell Park, but they told her they really needed a group to do it. So she reached out to us. We looked into it, and um, we're now doing a, a, this coming Saturday from nine to noon. It's free rides on the carousel. Lego out of Enfield will be there supporting us with Lego bricks. They're going to have tables for the kids to play. Connecticut Science Center is sending somebody to do some bubble fun. Um, Great American Donut, Dunkin' Donuts, is helping us out with treats. Uh, the Ram High School dance team is coming out to have a little dance party with the kids. So we're making a morning of it. Oh, that's an amazing event. Yeah. Is it the first time This ever? is the first time we're trying it. So cool. Yeah. Do you know the time? Oh, 9 to noon. 9 to noon. You can register right up until Friday. Um, you do need to register in advance. We need to know how many people are going to be there and everything. There is a small fee just to cover the rental costs and everything, but uh, we're hoping it's a great day and the weather looks like it's gonna cooperate. Yeah, hopefully it warms up a little bit. The beauty of the, the carousel though is really everything's enclosed. True. We can do everything indoors, so it's rain or shine. Nice, and how do you connect with the schools? Um, that's always tricky. <laughs> because we're a statewide organization really, uh, we're, we're West Hartford based, but we, we draw kids from all parts of the state. Um, some school systems are very cooperative in helping us to get the word out. Others are not. In a town like West Hartford, where we have a really strong SEPTO, special ed PTO, um, they're very cooperative and helpful to us in getting the word out. Other school systems, and I get it, um, they get hit by every group to disseminate information. So it's hit or miss, but we do our best. Because I asked, because you did a lacrosse event and you had East Catholic. Girls lacrosse helping out. You got the University of Hartford. You got Ram. So you, yeah, uh, for baseball, Avon, Farmington, Conard, Newington. I'm hoping Hall this year. They come out to help. Um, that's relationships that we develop with coaches. Um, you know, Uhart reached out to us. Um, they had a, a relationship with Great American Donut. So um, Great American Donut's been our hero throughout all this thing. To be honest. Um, they're the Dunkin' Donut franchise that has close to 60 stores in Hartford, West Hartford, Glastonbury. Uh, now, what's the difference between a Great American Donut <coughs> and actually Dunkin' Donuts? It, Great American is the franchisee name, but it's Dunkin' Donut stores. Gotcha. So they have like 55, 60 stores. But um, when we were first starting raising money for the baseball field, um, the CEO at the time, Ted, and uh, the CFO, Rich McCarthy, um, they, Ted was friends with Harmon Killebrew, mm -hmm. um, and he would go out and play at the Merrick League of Arizona, 
uh, Harmon was involved with that. They held a golf tournament every year. And Ted came back one year and reached out to the National Miracle League office and said, you know, is there anything going on in Connecticut? And serendipitously, like three weeks before, we had contacted them to start the process of building. So they became our, our, our champions. Uh, more than just financially, um, Rich is now the president of our board. Um, Ted has been super supportive all along the way, just mentoring and, you know, we were a fledgling group of three people. So the fact that Tate took that leap of faith and, and trusted us after talking to us, which is a miracle, <laughs> but, um, you know, without them, we wouldn't have gotten going. They still continue to be one of our biggest sponsors. Yeah, they're, <clears throat> they were at Johnny's Jog. Yes. They're at every trick-or-treat event. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're a big part. They'll be at uh, the Spring Fling. Um, so they're always to support with product and, and to help keep our kids fed, but um, also uh, financially and, like I said, just the entire corporation, corporation, the the company on a plane, that's their head office in Plainville. They're all invested in the Miracle League. It's, it's really great. It's great to hear. It's, it's tough to find uh, a company like that that really is going to take on a single um, charity or, or 501c3. You're, you're in the same boat. It's, yeah. We're all out there fighting for the same dollars and the same sponsors. And um, when you have somebody like that who is your, your backbone, uh, it's really helpful. That's great. Now you mentioned some sponsors, SEPTA, Randy, and Jen. Yep, right. Randy, uh, <clears throat> uh, God, Randy's last name. Leopold. Leopold. And Jen Sherman, who happens to live across the street from me. Okay, so, so I know, I know where you live forced. then. Yeah, I'm right across the street. Um, yep, they've always been helpful with SEPTO and they're out every year. Um, some of our other corporate sponsors, um, WMGNA out of uh, Farmington, Wealth Management Group of North America. They're always there at our golf tournament and sponsoring a baseball team. Brothers Landscaping in town here, same thing. Um, Willa St. John's Lodge is one of our baseball team sponsors. Bay Road Lemon Hyde. Um, who are our other baseball sponsors? Merrick Graphics out of Hartford. Um, Scott Franklin. And I'm gonna, oh, Harry's Bishop's Court, Harry. Mm -hmm. Kevin and Ann Plout are just fantastic people who are so community-minded and they're always there for us whenever we need. I think I had all our sponsors. I'm, if I forgot somebody, I apologize. <laughs> no, I saw that Playhouse and Park is a sponsor. Or is it a donator or supporter? Um, they're a supporter. <clears throat> they're there at a lot of our events. Um, we used to sponsor their um, Theater for Young Audience series um, until COVID hit and they kind of went went under for a while. Um, and budget-wise, it was tough for us to continue that. But we're still, we still collaborate a lot on um, their Theater for Young Audience, their new show, Dr. Wonderful, The Amazing Adventures of Dr. Wonderful and Her Dog, I think it's called. Yep is coming up in female scientist yeah young girl scientist that's popular with the kids we're going to try to bring a, a, my third graders yeah um, so they do um great kids shows every year and we do a sensory friendly performance of each one so the miracle league sponsors that tracy you know tracy oh i know tracy well she's great so the 50th podcast you're 47 our 50th podcast is going to take place at playhouse on park well, as long as you got me before tracy yeah uh, I feel important. I was going to say, who are the other 46 more important people? 
So 50, May 3rd, we're gonna have a live audience. We're gonna have food by Doro, uh, bear by Weeha Roasting and Brewing. So it's gonna be a great event. Uh, Tracy's fantastic. And uh, we work together a lot. I actually am on their advisory board. Um, so I'm a little bit involved with the theater also. Oh, nice. Yep. So we're excited to, we'll we be going to that again, trying to, to do the play. What was the play again? Um, the Amazing Adventures of Dr. Wonderful and her dog, I think it's called. Yep. Yep. Well, speaking of third graders and um, Playhouse on Park, I'm a teacher for 18 years. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite teacher? Um, boy, we're, we're going way back into the memory bank, Eric. <laughs> Um, I do remember, like, my first or second grade teacher, Mrs. Gary, who made a real impression on me. Um, in high school, well... Are you, are you a West Hartford guy? No, I grew up across the river. Oh, boy. In East Hartford. Um, if you're old enough to know the, the across the river mode. <laughs> um, so I grew up on, call it the other side of the tracks, but... Um, no, I went to East Hartford High when there was an East well, when there were two high schools in East Hartford. Um, they've since merged into one. Nice. Do you have a reason why they're your favorite teachers? Um, it's just that connection. I think um, I always remember some teachers, especially as you got a little older, it was they were there just to be there and to fill the job and do what they need to mm -hmm. do. And there's just some teachers that make that connection one-on-one -on -one or you feel like it is anyways and some people have that talent um, to really make you feel like you're important very cool and a couple other sponsors back to the, back to sponsors yeah. thanks for sharing your teachers wolfpack hockey yeah johnny's jog yeah oak hill i know oak hill oak hill we we actually had a collaboration agreement with them for a few years when we uh, chapter 126 was open, and I actually worked out of their offices down there, and we worked together to uh, present a lot of programming out of the Bristol facility, which was great. Unfortunately, Chapter 126 is closed. COVID really kind of killed them, and uh, they just decided not to get it back going. But uh, yeah. hopefully they do someday. That was a wonderful field trip. Yeah. My third graders <clears throat> loved it. We learned about empathy. We learned about, you know, disability awareness. It was just a great overall trip. That's one of the big things we focus on is empathy versus sympathy. And we talk with that, about that with our volunteers all the time. None of our kids want you to feel sorry for them. They're just kids. They want you to understand a little bit about what their life is like. So we would do, and you did, I know, through your uh, field trips um, have typically developing kids play wheelchair basketball. Um, while it was so cool to them for about five minutes until they understood how hard it is yeah. to move around for a long time in a chair. Um, you know, it, just to develop that understanding, uh, to walk in their shoes or roll in their wheels um, for a little bit, it, it makes them understand. And that they're just, the one thing we stress to all of our volunteers is that these are just kids and they want to be kids and just act like they are. They're not cute. They're not... Uh, to be pitied, they're not adorable, they're, you know, they are all of those things, but that's yeah. not what they want from you. They just want somebody to talk to them like anybody else would, you know, a typically uh, uh, age-appropriate peer. Yep, Coach Paul, too, is awesome. He was like, 
zipping yes. through everyone with the ball. And My favorite part of those field trips was Coach Paul would be in his wheelchair through the entire thing. And at the very end, when he was talking to the kids, all of a sudden, we'd get up out of his chair and all the kids, what? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't understand that he could walk, but he needed his chair for, you know, most of his transportation. And then, I don't know if you saw, then he dropped down and gave him like 50 yeah. push-ups. Yeah. And they were like, what? <laughs> Very cool. Coach Paul. I like him. Yeah. Great guy. Christopher Reed Foundation? Speak. Yeah. Back near the beginning, we got a grant from them. Um, I'm not sure where the connection was. Sometimes you get these calls out of the blue or emails out of the blue. And that was one of those, which was fantastic. Um, a, a lot of it is networking. Like, you know, you're a master of it, I think. <laughs> um, just getting people who know about you who might say to somebody, hey, there's this organization up in West Hartford or out of Central Connecticut. Or um, We had a family, uh, two years ago, I get one of these emails that says, you know, we're moving to the area and we want to, our family every year, Family Foundation makes a $10,000 donation. And it almost seemed like one of those Arab prints emails like I was almost afraid to click on anything but it turned out to be true and it's uh, we uh, re were lucky enough to receive a $10,000 donation from their family foundation I'm not even to this day sure how they came across us I think their family just started researching organizations in the area and it touched them um, and they're at all our events and to the point where last year I said to it's the Wintermute family and I said to Karen you know I'm asking you not for your money, but because you really seem to have bought into our organization to be on our board, and she's now one of our board members. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. It's funny how relationships and You never know. And, you know, you get grants where you get a check and you never meet anybody or never hear it. It's, believe me, it's all very much appreciated. But when you get somebody like that who really buys in and wants to know about your programs, um, it's like the Marathon Softball Group. I don't know if you've ever heard about them. They were one of our big early donors. Um, it's a group of guys from West Hartford when they were teenagers, way back. Um, they're my age now um, and older. Um, they would just, one, one um, Father's Day weekend, a bunch of kids got together and said, let's just play an all-day baseball softball game. So they did, and it sort of grew every year with a bigger group and a bigger group, and then as they graduated from high school and started moving away. They would come back every year on Father's Day to play this. And now their kids are playing, and in some cases, grandkids, um, who aren't kids. Most of the players are adults. But it became this huge event every summer, and, or the beginning of the summer. And when we were first um, raising money to build a field, one of their founding members had passed away, and they were looking for an organization to, uh, they turned it into a fundraiser for the first time. Um, and um, they, that year they came across us. And again, it was a, a leap of faith. Um, a local guy, David Paulton, who was part of the group, <coughs> contacted me out of the blue and we met at Dunkin' Donuts and he sat down with Scott Roney and I. And again, we, we schmoozed him and uh, apparently he bought in because um, they raised $50,000 that first year Holy towards cow. construction. They then went back to um, not being a fundraiser. It's, that's not their main goal. But this past year, last year, was their 50th anniversary. And they decided to once again make it a fundraiser. And um, we raised about $22,000 last year. That's fantastic. West Hartford guys? Yeah, all West Hartford guys. Where, what field do they play on? 
Last year we were at um, Cedric. That's where they always play. Nice. Yeah. And it's just they go, they set up in the morning, they have their own scoreboard they bring that they've developed over the years. They, uh, How many innings do they get in in a day? Uh, probably 30 or 40 at least. <laughs> right. Jeez. Yeah, they play until from early, like 6, 7 a.m. till dusk. And we helped them last year with bringing in some food and an ice cream truck and uh, Harry's Pizza and made a day out of it. That's so cool. No, it's, it, you just get these surprise things every once in a while that, you know, like I said, you're chasing funds, I'm sure, and writing yeah. grant applications and this and that. It's, it's difficult because there's so many worthy organizations. And it's uh, the, when you're in a community like West Hartford especially, these businesses are getting hit up time after time after time. Um, so if they choose you, it's really an honor. Yep. We get a couple family, the Case family, an annual donation, which is great. Mm -hmm. Huge. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you, you mentioned restaurants. Do you have a favorite restaurant? You know, we're simple folk. Um, we're not fancy food eaters at my house. Uh, my wife is really fussy. I'm almost as fussy. My daughter is probably the most adventurous. Um, we're Cheesecake Factory people. We love, we like places where we can go where everybody, there's going to be something. Yeah. Um, Corner Pug we love. Yep. That's, what, that's always been one of our favorites. My father-in-law passed away about a month ago, and that's where we had his after service because he always was a fan of Corner Pug. Yep, love the corner pug. The mac and cheese stands yeah. straight up in the yeah. ball. The sausage chili. Ooh, I got it. Reuben, <coughs> the Rubens. Uh, Waffle fries. Effie's place has always been a big supporter. And, uh, my father-in-law and mother-in-law, they, they, they were like in every Saturday night after Mass. And they used to bring my daughter, well, they started bringing my daughter when she was tiny, up until she was probably 15. And she was like Princess Tess there. She walked <laughs> in and they knew exactly what she wanted. and. They knew to save a piece of chocolate cream pie for her on Saturday nights. And <laughs> Ooh, look at that. That's full. <laughs> All right, so you're at your favorite restaurant. You could sit down with four people, dead or alive, to eat at your favorite meal. We'll say Corner Pug. Wow. Who are you eating with? Dead or alive? I'm a U.S. history buff. I, I got to get at least a couple of the founding fathers. Sam Adams has always fascinated me. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, seen the HBO miniseries. Oh, yeah. It's like seven like a or four eight. four-part series. Oh, it's like seven or eight. Or maybe. I watch it every year on the 4th of July. I binge watch it all day long. Oh, nice. My wife thinks I'm nuts. Um, so seeing Adams is a, uh, John Adams. And that's on HBO? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard It's it just called John Adams. It's, a, it's an incredible, incredible show, at least in my mind. Um, we'll put that in the recommendation yeah portion of the podcast john adams i mean with hamilton out now i'm a big fan of that so you've got to throw hamilton in there although okay. he didn't get along so well so that could make it interesting oh yeah, he's in that yeah Wait. um <clears throat> then i gotta go a little more current probably i'll stay away from current political i don't want to alienate anybody you got to be careful anything you say these days <laughs> uh Um, wow, you're stumping me. So you got John Adams, yeah. Hamilton. 
Uh, 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 well, uh, sticking with the Hamilton theme, Lin-Manuel Miranda just fascinates me. Yeah. Everything that guy does. Um, so we can throw him in there. Him and Hamilton can have a big discussion about what was right and what was wrong in the show. Um, oh, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, my favorite band. All right. He's going to mix things up. Didn't see that coming. That's a curveball out of left field. I know. I don't look like the Green Day type of guy, but uh, yeah, I've always been a fan of their, their, I went opening week of when they did American Idiot on Broadway. and yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We learned something today new about Mike Michaud. He's a big Green Day guy. Three or four times live. Very cool. All right, back to Miracle League. All your wonderful events in these 10 years. Mm -hmm. Can you name, there's a game, storytelling game, Matt Dix, episode one. Your first event, your last event, your best event, your worst event. Maybe least favorite or something went wrong. We won't say worst, but. Well, opening day of Miracle League was just... It's that celebration of three years, two and a half, three years of hard work, um, knowing that um, we were the very first Miracle League field in New England. Um, so we're very proud of that. We were the first to have that, uh, just opening it up for kids with uh, mobility challenges. Um, so that's gotta be one of the best events. Um, what's the others? Latest? First, last. Well, our last, Big Best event. Worst. Um, we did um, for the first time this year. We did a bowling league. Ooh. Yeah. Um, again, that was a suggestion of a parent. We traditionally had done a, a winter sports league, indoor sports league, with Coach Paul at Chapter One Twenty Six. Um, we did that right up through the beginning of COVID, and then once COVID hit, we couldn't find a facility to do it in. Um, and this year, while we may have been able to do it again, the, the facility was a challenge. Um, so we just looked for other opportunities. I said, let's try bowling. Uh, it was a big hit. We had over 50 kid bo kids bowling every Saturday morning or Saturday morning bumper bowling. Nice. Where? Um, uh, uh, Callahan's <coughs> Bowlerama, New Berlin uh, Turnpike. In gotcha, yep. Um, it's a fantastic facility for accessibility. Everything is one level. There's no up and down to the lanes, so it was perfect. That's they had nice. uh, the bumpers for the lanes and plenty of ramps for the kids who needed that. Oops, I'm sorry. So it was a, a fantastic program for us. And to the point where we're going to do a summer version of it, um, but we're gonna do it as a family bowling league. So mom and dad or siblings can bowl right alongside them. No, I love how you take suggestions and you run with it. That's an awesome thing to do. We will try almost anything, almost anything. Um, we're always very careful not to step on other organizations' toes. Like people have said about skiing and everything, there's some great programs out there for skiing. So we don't want to step on their toes. They're doing it well. It's available to our family, so why replicate it? Yep. Um, same thing when we first started, people said soccer, and there was a big top soccer program in town. Um, why do we want to compete with them if they're doing it well? Um, so we'll try new things. Um, uh, we do adaptive swim lessons uh, with the hospital for special care, although those are on hold for the moment because they're trying to get hiring back um, uh, after COVID. Um, uh, we do a theater program with Playhouse on Park in the summer. It's a two-week program where the kids, we start them off with a sort of a prompt or an idea for a show, 
Um, this past year, it was the idea was something along the lines of Rapunzel, and it turned into the um, Princess Pajama Party and the Quest for the Three Keys. The kids get their input. They kind of write the script as we go along and help us to write it. And then they present it at Playhouse on Park at the end. Um, two years ago, it was Cinderella. And we had a bunch of girls in the program that year who were big um, Little Mermaid fans. So it turned into Cinderella Overboard. <laughs> uh, we had one year where it was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And it turned into Snow White and the Seven Pirates of the Car uh, Seven. Pirates of the Caribbean in outer space. <laughs> so it gets crazy. but uh, it, Love the, the creativity. Yeah, the kids love it. Um, but now I'm going back to your question. Which, which two do I have so left? Your best. I did, we did best. We did latest. First and worst. Uh, well, first was... No, first first was, and uh, the yeah. best. Could be. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was in a sense. Um, I can buy every year is one of our best. Um, just to see the transformations. Um, that program, every program we do, um, we have intentions and we have what our goals are for the program. There's so many other things that come out of it. We call it unintended consequences. So like for um, I Can Bike, the, the, the confidence that they gain in learning to ride a bike, make that major accomplishment, you don't know where it's gonna translate to. Um, probably five years ago now, maybe four or five years ago, we had a young boy who was on the autism spectrum and had a problem with transitioning to new things. Um, he came in that first day. It took us 20 minutes just to get him inside the gym doors. And I thought, oh, this is going to be tough. By Wednesday, he was one of the kids first up riding on his own. On Thursday morning, his mom came to me and said, you know, I need to take him a little early today because he has a dentist appointment. Started talking to me about how difficult that is. They have to sometimes put him out to do a cleaning. Friday morning, she comes in with him, and she's got tears in her eyes. She said, on the way to the dentist, he told me if he can learn to ride a bike, he can sit through the dentist. Wow. So you just don't realize, I'd like to say that was our goal at the beginning, but we're not that smart. <laughs> um, you just don't get uh, the consequences of what these kids accomplish sometimes and how that translates. So I can bike every year is one of our, Yeah, it's so cool. I think most important. Um, and, and trick or treat every year is, our favorite event. It's just the community. It's kind of like with Johnny's Jock. I sat there on uh, this past weekend and 1,500 people coming out in the cold. Um, you just get a sense of appreciation for what this community is. Um, you, you don't, uh, I don't think there's many other communities like it. I grew up in a community that was nothing like that. Um, I don't know about other folks, but um, West Hartford is one of those towns where People participate, you know? Oh, Johnny Jog was great. You had Dunkin' Donuts, you had the Miracle League, yeah. you had like counseling, you had School of Rock, Friends yeah. of Feeney doing the photo booth. Yeah. Uh, Camp Current, Camp. Uh, Molly Tango Foundation, uh, Keller uh, Williams, I think they yeah. are. Uh, it's just, uh, but you see just people coming out of the woodwork to support. I think it was their most, <coughs> most people ever. Right? Yeah, I think they announced that before their. It over 1,500 people registered this year. No, great event every year. Happy to partner with them. Yeah. Happy to be the photo booth person. Yeah. That's what Kelly on the podcast, she's like, you're the photo booth guy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, I've been called a lot of things before. Photo booth guy. Yeah, Nicole made the mistake of bringing that to our <laughs> trick-or-treat the first year that yeah. Kill got involved. And then uh, 
I was talking with uh, Laura one day. I said, hey, I, I know somebody who might be interesting for you guys to get. And so I put them in touch. Yep, 2017, the neat photo booth. Yeah. And I helped my wife, Nicole, yeah. senior director at Oak Hill. Yes. And now I've taken it on. Now she's like, you can go run with that photo booth. <laughs> I'll set it up and then I'll leave. And then she goes. So she set it up and uh, a great event. Great people, great event. So I have to find a worst, huh? Did one like rain or did it cancel or something bad? You know, um, yeah, you get rainouts from time to time. That's always disappointing, but we make the best of it. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, I, we tried a program over the, the winter that just never took off. Um, it was a, a, a weekly theater program that we were hoping we'd get going, but we didn't have a lot of registrations for it. So we postponed it. Some we might pull out of our back pocket in a couple of years and it yeah. could take off again. You never know. You got to try. You never know until yeah. you try. You can't win them all. All right, game. Donut crazy. Uh -oh. What's your favorite, what's your favorite uh, donut? Well, well can we talk about Dunkin' Donuts, of course. <laughs> I was going to say. Not to offend donut crazy. Can we talk about Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> um, I'm a, give me a, a Dunkin' Donuts apple spice. Nice. With the apple filled. All right. Well, this is Donut Crazy on Farmington Ave. Crazy questions. Are you ready? Absolutely. Are you a vegan or a vegetarian? Really? Do you need to look at me? Do you need to ask that? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Are you? Do you like gymnastics or soccer? Uh, which one do you have to move less? Uh, gymnastics. <laughs> do you have kids? One daughter, 24. She's a special ed teacher in Plainville. Oh, very good. How do you know Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney, through our relationship uh, through your wife at Oak Hill is when I first met you and at, at uh, Chapter 126 on some of your field trips. And you've always been supportive of our uh, trick-or-treat and come out to our events. Great. Yep, always. Where are you from? I grew up in East Hartford, born and bred, and lived in a few various towns throughout my wilder years, uh, but then settled in West Hartford when I got married in 95. Nice. Would you rather play baseball or watch baseball? Oh, play baseball. I, I, we run a baseball league, and it's it's not a great sport to watch, I don't think. <laughs> How big is the Miracle Field? Um, from uh, a home run is 125 feet. A typical little league uh, field is 200. Um, it's specifically designed so that some of the kids can hit it out, and they do, and that's a, a yeah. huge thing if somebody does. What's the field made of? It's a rubberized surface. It's almost similar to what would be on a, a running track. Gotcha. Uh, we're actually in the process of getting ready to resurface them. And the new fields are actually a very low turf. Um, they don't use the crumb rubber or everything like the football fields yep. do. It's a very, very low pile, which keeps it as being wheelchair accessible. Very cool. So in the next couple of years, we're hoping to resurface. What's your favorite sport? Favorite sport? Um, I'm a big college basketball and NFL fan. Nice. Who's your football team? Patriots. I have season tickets. <laughs> Would you rather have a cat or a dog? Dog. Hamburger or ice cream? Ooh. Probably hamburger. The older I get, the less I like sweets. Do you know Finn? Finn Daly? Finn Brooke Daly? Daly? Absolutely. Brooke was a guest. Yeah. Brooke is episode 15. 
Brooke oh, Daly. Way Fighters for Finn. She deserves it, though. Finn, Friday's, he's my student. He's awesome. Uh, I yeah, love that Finn's kid. Finn's a great. Would you rather do tennis or ping pong? Well, in the, in, back in my more mobile days, tennis, but now ping pong. <laughs> nope. Would you rather play lacrosse or baseball? I don't get lacrosse at all, so baseball. Would you rather have a Lambo or a Ferrari? Neither one. I'm not a big car guy. I never have been. A car to me is the vehicle to get from one place to another. I've not, uh, never been into it. Are you cooler than Mr. Feeney? I doubt that. No. <laughs> it's not possible. You heard that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you're pretty cool, Mike. Mike, thank you for being here. It's an honor speaking with you. You do wonderful <laughs> things in the community. I love the Miracle League and everything about it. I appreciate it, and we'd love folks to get involved, to volunteer, or even just come see one of our games or stop in at I Can Bike one day. Like I said, you hear about it, and it's heartwarming, and it's wonderful, and it's cool. When you see it, it's a whole different thing. And this phone number, 860-461-1501. That's my office phone. All right. Give it a call and volunteer. We're looking for volunteers. Don't even need to call me. Just go to our website, miracleecct.org. Would you rather play basketball or cross? Basketball. Would even you, as vertically challenged as I am. Would you rather have one best friend or a hundred not best friends? Wow, that's a tough one. You know, I think one best friend, you gotta have that one go-to person. Would you rather eat pizza that tastes like ice cream or ice cream that tastes like pizza? Ooh. Neither. They both sound gross. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get that on here. <laughs> you gotta get that on uh, Harry's. Yeah. What's your favorite part of creating the Miracle League of CT? Um, just seeing the Great kids question. having fun. You know, uh, that's people ask, how did you get into it? And you know, why did you get into it? And it's just, um, you see these kids with the ability to play baseball, you know, get up there in a wheelchair and hit or uh, somebody who's been hitting off a batting tee for weeks and weeks and all of a sudden they decide they want to have it pitched and they get that first hit from a pitcher. Uh, it's, it's nothing better. Isn't that great? Would you, we'll get that one. Would you rather be part of the Miracle League CT or a soccer player? Miracle League CT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not a soccer player. Too much running. Would you rather have a million dollars or a mansion? Um, give me the million bucks. Uh, I can get a real nice house still, and I don't need a mansion. What's your favorite sport? Uh, NFL, probably, and college basketball. What do you think of Mr. Feeney? I think Mr. Feeney's a pretty good guy who is uh, doing good things with his organization and uh, a great supporter for a lot of organizations in town. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate we you appreciate you. Would you rather be a shapeshifter but have to change into an exotic pet? And what pet would you change into? Wow, where do you get these <laughs> questions? Crazy enough for you? Um, yeah, okay. I'm going to an exotic pet. Is a sloth an exotic yeah. pet? Yeah. Yeah, we're going that. You don't got to move a lot. You can Sloths sit around and watch things. Give me a sloth. <laughs> Would you rather be a hot dog or a hamburger? Um, a hamburger. Would you rather be a wolf or a tiger? 
Hmm. Give me the wolf. I'll be a wolf. Do you have a pet? We do not. My wife is currently trying to find a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel to rescue. We avoided getting a dog for years and years because we both worked out of the house. But she now works permanently from home, so she's working on it. Would you rather eat a lot of candy or a lot of ice cream? Ice cream. A little candy's not a bad. What would you do with a million dollars? Well, resurface our Miracle League field. Nice. Um, Support other organizations and spend some money. Sorry, yep. How you doing? We're open on Wednesdays. This is the Feeney Talks with Friends podcast. Check it out on YouTube. Say Feeney? Yep. Oh, okay. I'm going to do it. Oh, that was... I'm sorry. Let's redo that question. I forgot where I was. What would you do with a million dollars? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Resurface the Miracle League field first. Help out some uh, family and other worthy organizations and a little bit on myself. There you go. Would you rather eat 100 salads or 100 tomatoes? I need the whole salad. I'd like tomato and a salad, but... Would you rather be a dentist or a doctor? Oh, both got to do a lot of gross things. Um, probably a dentist. <laughs> Not as much responsibility. <laughs> what gave you the idea? Brian Gumble, huh? That's so cool. The, the Brian Gumble, HBO Inside Sports, and Frank Good for, DeFord. Good for Brian Gumble. What's your favorite season? Spring. How does it feel to make you feel to give people their dreams? It's over the moon. It's, it's you know, to see kids when they first ride a bike or hit a baseball or learn to swim or act in a play. Um, you know, a lot of these kids wouldn't have the opportunity otherwise. So um, it makes me feel pretty good. Very cool. What do you have a funny joke? Mm, that I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I probably better pass on that one. <laughs> do you have a boss? I'll tell you afterwards. Uh, my wife. Yep. Good um, answer. Other Good answer. than that, um, I'm fortunate enough to be a the one man employment crew of the Miracle League. So I do have a board of directors president who I need to answer to, but he gives me a pretty long leash. Very cool. All right, that was crazy questions. Were they crazy enough for you? Some of them were uh, out there. What minute are we on, Owen, for crazy questions so I know? Oh, my. We got one more game. Incoherent with Feeney. Uh-oh. What is it? 40 40 minutes with Feeney. You did it. How are you feeling? 40 minutes with Feeney. I'm hanging in. Voice is starting to go a little bit, maybe, but... (laughs) Now we're going to set this timer. You're going to read. It's called The Game of Gibberish. This one's for a prize. If you can get five yep. in a minute. So, like, right here. So you'll sound that out. Say, read it out loud. Donald Tuck. Donald Duck. Boom. <coughs> so, are you ready? I'm a competitive person, so bring it on. This is for a prize. I don't know. Are you nervous? Shaking a little bit. <laughs> Incoherent. They play this here. So. Let me get that ready. And this is the first one timed. Ready? Listen to your tunes Apple on music. your phone. Yep. One. <laughs> that huge spars. Did you just fart? Smelly question. <laughs> Two. 
Mowing the lawn. Chopping grass. Mowing the lawn. Three. Everything happens for a reason. Four. Shit's been hurt. Fish. Rotating gadget. I confiscate a lot of fidget these. spinners. Fidget spinners. Boom. Five. All right. One more for good luck. Lionel. Lionel Messi. Six. You're on a roll. Let's go. Shadud Tibati. Shadud Tibati. Practice with someone you practice with for a test. The friend who actually listens in class. She butty. Oh, something buddy. Yep. Study buddy. Boom. You did it. Wow, that's a tough one. All right. Well, congratulations. You earned a free bear at Weehop Brewing and Roasting. So Never going to turn down a free beer. Come back. Those who know me well <laughs> understand that. Do you have a favorite? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a basic beer kind of guy. Um, the IPAs and stuff are not. Give me something that tastes like a Bud Light or a Miller Light, and if I'm feeling fancy, an Amstel Light. Um, Guinness, I don't want to need a, I don't need a knife and fork for my yeah. beer. <laughs> a1 steak sauce. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was great talking with you. Um, we got into the history. Did we touch on everything for Miracle League? I think so. Just one other program I want to mention that we overlooked. Um, it's something we started about four or five years ago called Sib Shops. And it's actually a program for the siblings of children with disabilities. So um, we're just finishing up this year's session. Um, we had about 10 kids, but it's a great opportunity for them to connect with other kids who are in their shoes. Um, you know, the family dynamics when you have a child with special needs, just by definition, they're going to require more of your attention. Mm -hmm. um, so without disparaging any parents or anything, they do the best they can. On, uh, but sometimes uh, the kids who are typically developing kind of feel like they're in the back seat. So it's um, a program, sort of a support group for them. We do a lot of activities that are designed to generate conversation. Um, and we've had a fantastic group of kids this year who really share with each with each other, and uh, it's been great. Is this the first year? No, we've been doing it for about four years now or five years. Um, we've had a year in the past that was just tough. Um, you know, if you have kids who don't really want to be there, sometimes the parents will coax the kids or maybe even force them to come. And if they're not participating, if they're not sharing, wait a year is like pulling teeth to get the kids mm. to talk. So it can be tough. But this year's group has been fantastic. Sib Shops. Check it out. That's on the website. I saw it is. that. I meant to mention that. It is. And also September 20th, you have an event. It's September 20th. Oh, how can I not mention that? That's our annual golf classic at the Golf Club of Avon. That's our second year playing there. Um, it's our major fundraiser of the year. We have plenty of sponsorship opportunities, um, which include foursomes and things like that. Or you can just come out as a foursome and register to just play. Um, it's a great day of golf with um, lots of fun and food and adult beverages. And uh, we have a silent auction at the end. And oh, nice. How, ma how many years have you been doing the golf tournament? Um, since our inception, really. It started right at the beginning. It's grown every year. Um, we have about 120 to 140 players now. 
who do you have a, do you get the like golf status program to help you get the uh, whole the, the raffles and the sponsorships or do you have a committee we have a committee um, that we we solicit all the, the donations for uh, silent auction items and things like that um, we use one of the, the golf companies to do the hole-in-one contest and things like that. Shaler Auto brings a car out every year. Um, Great American Donut is our title sponsor of the event. Um, uh, part of what we raise through Johnny's Jog, we put towards a sponsorship for them, so they're out every year with us. and so It's a really fun day. How's your golf game? Uh, it's non-existent anymore. I have two blown-out shoulders. Couldn't swing a golf club if I had to, but I was never a, I was a very casual um, golfer at best. One of those, you know, it's like every golfer. I could do any part of the game well at any given time, just never all at the same yeah, time. Consistency is key. And I never played enough to really. What day of the week is September 20th? It's a Tuesday. We always do a Tuesday. Tuesday. Try and keep it business conscious, stay away from Mondays and Fridays. And Gotcha. Well, thank you again for being a guest. I uh, had a great conversation with you. We talked a lot of different things. We talked to Miracle League. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a wonderful things going on there. You're always coming up with new ideas. So it's, it was a really good time to sit and talk with you. Um, great to see you the other day at Johnny's Jog yeah. too. I look yeah. forward to seeing you, you know, in the future. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> um, like I said to you when you asked me, free beer and a chance to talk about Miracle League. What's, what's better than that? So uh, I had a great time. And, uh, Nice casual conversation without feeling rushed. Sometimes you do these things and you're in like a five minute window and you're scrambling to get out what you want. And yeah, tell that story, that's a funny story. When they asked you to interview you. Uh, <laughs> I just did. <laughs> um, Comcast Newsmakers, they reach out to folks from the community to do five minute, it's a short thing that they put on their uh, access channels or whatever. And it, I mean, we really appreciate appreciate it and any chance to talk about the Miracle League, but as we were getting ready, they, they told me, you know, sit up straight. And so I sat up straight and then I saw it afterwards and I looked like I'm being held hostage <laughs> like this. <laughs> I looked at that and while the content was fine, if you just closed your eyes, it was a great interview. But uh, I'm very self-conscious and I'm not one who ever seeks out the limelight. Um, uh, you'll go on to the Miracle League site, you'll, you won't see my mug anywhere. It's on our Facebook page. I avoid it at all costs. Um, it's all about the kids, and that's what we focus on. But um, it, it's odd to get a chance to do something like that and afterwards feel so. Uh, <laughs> hopefully this won't be like that. That's why I've been intentionally leaning over a little bit. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, next episode, the Bridge Family Center. Do you have any connections yeah. with the Bridge? Um, a little bit. Back uh, in the day of the Mayor's Charity Ball, I was involved with one of the organizations that's now kind of defunct called the Undergrounds. We had started oh, a, yep. a, a teen center, um, and we worked with them. Well, actually, we came in when they left the Mayor's Charity Ball and started their own um, Bridge Ball. Um, so, tangentially, but no, no direct. We're going to have Margaret, executive director, and Martin, the director of counseling, on next week. Uh, no, they do some up. incredible stuff. That's as many organizations in town too. That's why I, I, I keep going back to what, what an incredible community we live in. And I, I hope folks really appreciate that. One thing I always try and instill in my daughter, or 
when I talk to kids, you know, in classes maybe, that, you know, uh, you don't appreciate a community like this until you're away from it. And this is all you've grown up with. You don't get it. Yeah. Um, and I, I tell them, you can either just be a member of the community and take advantage of all the great stuff that happens here, and that's fine. Or you can be a part of the community and, and help out with a lot of the stuff that goes on. So I just uh, encourage people to be a part of the community. No, I agree. Um, I've been here for 13 years, and I love this community. Yeah. I was a little hesitant moving, but best move I've made. Yeah, especially if <clears throat> having grown up in East Hartford, there's always that. I, I talk to some of my old friends, and they say, you know, where you live? And I say, West Hartford. Oh, West Hartford. Yeah. They said, no, I just live in West Hartford. There are other parts of West Hartford that are West Hartford. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's a great uh, melding of, of all kinds of... Uh, people and communities and races and socioeconomic and I've never been in a community that works that well together. I couldn't agree more. That's well put. I, I'm totally in full agreement. Diversity of many different languages and mm -hmm. economics and backgrounds. It's just amazing place. Any closing remarks? No, just very much. Uh, I appreciate you having me and, uh, and letting me talk about the Miracle League. Um, uh, that is a treat for me when I get to uh, speak without limits. Um, so I really appreciate you having asked me, even if I was number 47 on the list. <laughs> 47. <laughs> I mean, it's only getting better. You'll come back. We'll get yeah. our 147th guest <laughs> if we keep this going. Well, yeah. 50th podcast. Are you available? Mar May 3rd, Playhouse on Park. May, May 3rd. What day does it fall on? We're going to have a six. It's going to start at six. We're going to have an hour cocktail hour. Seven o'clock show starts. We're going to have food from Doro. Beer from Weeha Roasting and Brewing. We're trying to work on cocktails for maximum beverage. You had me at cocktail hour. All right. As long as hour. I don't have another event for some reason. May 3rd. What date is, is it a Tuesday? It's a Tuesday. Oh, it should be fine. All right. You heard it out here. Mike will be there. So, if, very if cool. Tracy lets me. Tracy. Tracy. She will. I was Mike just, is a good friend. I just talked to her today. So. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> well, thank you, Tracy. And we're really looking forward to it. And thank you, Owen, from Direct Line Media. Thank yes. you, Cody, from Weeha Roasting and Brewing. Thank you for West Hartford Lock, Keating Agency, uh, Fix IV. You ever get a Fix IV? I have not. There are, try one uh, if you're into that type of stuff. Donut crazy, but we won't speak about them. Well, no, we can speak about them, but I, I don't cheat on Duncan. <laughs> That's hilarious. We once, it's funny, if we have a quick second. Scott Roneet and I were meeting over something, and we were meeting at Panera in Bishop's Corner, right up from Duncan Donuts. And Ted Crew from Great American, the, the guy who's helped us from the beginning, stopped in at the store at Duncan. And he saw our cars and he comes over to Panera and he goes, are you cheating? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You gotta be loyal. Good yes, people. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yep. Thank you for Direct Line Media. Thank them already. We're episode 47. Next episode's The Bridge. Uh, John Adams watching on HBO. I want to give you a gift. Absolutely. Be a good friend. Mike, you're a good friend. Um, on three, we'll say be a good friend. One, two, three. Be, Be a, a good, good friend. friend.